universe inside each of us. The Innerverse Podcast is your portal to that infinite realm of ideas. I'm Chance Garten, and I'll be your host as we serve up inspirational sound waves from the brightest minds with the highest vibes. And we keep searching for the empowering perspectives we need to create our greatest masterpiece of all, our lives. What's up and welcome to the one within all, to the innerverse. It's me, your host, Chance, and I'm talking to you from the 23rd of August, 2019. I wish I could say it was a sunny and beautiful day here in the third part of summer, but in truth, it's been glum and gloomy for a good many weeks. You might have already realized this, but I'm not bringing up the weather just to make small talk with you all, because I'm sure that's not what brings you here. And today we're going to be exploring weirdness of weather with a whistleblower like no other, the geoengineering guy and the father of Frankenskies, friend of freedom fighters worldwide, Matthew Landman. While he may be warning of stuff that falls from the skies, he's no chicken little, and the free man on the land known as Matt Landman has blown my mind over the last few years with his enthusiastic activism, where in a short amount of time he has hosted numerous conferences, appeared at events around the country, and been a guest on countless podcasts and radio shows with a tireless energy for bringing people up to speed on the full-spectrum frequency war that the powers who should not be are ramping up against the people every day. You can find his work at actualactivists.com, frankenskiesthemovie.com, and on social media. And if you're not up to speed on what chemtrails are and where they came from, or weather manipulation in general and you haven't seen Frankenskies, you can check it out for free online and share it with anyone who thinks that the issue has been debunked. Because the truth is, there are many official sources that can demonstrate and prove that this weather manipulation is really happening. And so I think our guest today, Matt Landman, will agree that the time has never been better to be looking up and speaking up about the widespread weather wankery from the weirdos at large in worldwide power positions, And I happen to know for a fact that many of you listening are creators, artists, and spiritual seekers, and some of you are looking for a message or medium to express yourself through. And probably most of you, if not all of you, have felt a deep longing at some point to make a positive impact in the world in the short time you're given in it. And if you're like me, you may have had the depressing feeling before that making a difference is impossible. Well, my fine friends, the fact is that there are so many occulted problem areas in this plane of existence that you can most certainly have an earth healing impact by bringing awareness to these things with grassroots activism, conscious media, and doing your part in the information war. And so today we're going to speak about how to be an actual activist with our guest, Matt. So get ready for an education on the stuff they don't want you to know with one of the most passionate earth warriors of our age. It's my honor to have him here, and if you would all like to thank him for the work and time he invests in being the change the world needs, all you got to do is check out his work and share it. And if you really want to kick your activism up a notch, pay attention to what Matt's done and emulate him where you can. Most of all, welcome him to the show for his first visit with a harp-level blast of warm and fuzzy psychic tickles. Matt, my man, thank you for joining us, and welcome to the Innerverse. Awesome to be here. Thank you so much for the great introduction, Chance. 
Uh, it's, it's the fun part for me. <laughs> I wanted to start by just jumping right into it. The most vivid image that I recall from Frankenskies is uh, President Lyndon Johnson in the 60s, I guess, or 70s, giving a speech at a Texas university. And he says, he who controls the weather controls the world. And he's like wringing his hands like a cartoon supervillain. He's wearing the black robe for graduation, but still it looks all evil. <laughs> You've covered it in the film, but uh, can you give us some insight into just how long this military industrial complex has been openly experimenting with the weather? Yes, happily. And I'm glad you brought up that in specific individual clip because... I'd like to talk about it just for a second. So as an activist, I've really developed my knack for looking deep into people. When I'm out there passing out flyers, you know, I'd like to talk to certain people about certain things. And if I can find what they're passionate about, where they're at, at what level, and hit them there, it's a lot easier for me. And it's a lot nicer to resonate on their frequency, all this sort of thing. So I've been really able to read people, look deep into people's eyes, like, Oh, that's a good person. That's a bad person, whatever kind of thing, you know, and my street smarts growing up, all this stuff that Lyndon B. Johnson, he's not only um, giving off the, the cues uh, with his hands, you know, and his words, but he's like grinding his teeth. He's literally evil, the guy. So the, that clip, it really does kind of bring it home. It brings it all home because that was so long ago for someone to be so excited about it in such an evil way, televised so long ago. I mean, it all becomes pretty self-evident even with just that clip. So the, the film Frankenstein starts off in the 1920s. And I haven't talked about this in a while. I think it's 1914. Professor Hatfield is his name. It's all in my memory bank. I can talk about all this stuff. It's amazing. So San Diego, it was San Diego, 1914. And if you know anything about San Diego, it doesn't rain there. It's a desert oasis. There really shouldn't be millions of people living there. It's a big strain on the Colorado River. Honestly, it's supposed to empty uh, into the Sea of Cortez and it, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's really sad what we've done. A long story over there, water conservation. That's another story. So either way, the, the drought in San Diego, 1914, 15, this professor Hatfield was hired by the city to maybe make it rain. He thought he could do it by doing this thing called cloud seeding. So when there's moisture in the air, you can get all of that moisture to coagulate and come together on a seed. That's why they call it seeding. So it's like all these little drops come together on one little seed. And it, it's usually like a piece of dust or something in the atmosphere or, or one heavy drop of water that starts all the other drops come together and then the water falls out of the sky. It's how rain happens. But you can make rain with certain sized chemicals aerosolized sprayed in the sky. It's kind of complicated, but it starts to make sense when you start learning about the properties of what's sprayed up there. So nowadays, different things are used, such as aluminum, it can dissipate. And back then they learned that a certain chemical combination, I believe it was silver iodide at the time, but also it was learned that carbon dioxide, which is amazing when you start to realize that the U.S. Air Force, U.S. military industrial complex has been using dry ice, which is frozen carbon dioxide, 
spraying dry ice, carbon dioxide in our skies to control our weather and then blaming us for our emissions and saying that it's causing global warming. It's fascinating. So either way, Hatfield, he built a tower 30 feet tall in San Diego. And he went up paid by the city of San Diego. And he said, okay, I'm going to spray in the sky these chemicals. I think I can make it rain. And he flooded it. He flooded the entire region. He burst the dam and he was sued by the city, even though they had paid him to do it. So even in 1914, okay, we have this understanding that we can literally control the weather. And so fast forward to nowadays when we've got drought, we've got extreme weather conditions, we've got forest fires, we can make it rain on these fires. We can make it rain on drought. And not only do we not, but we purposefully make severe conditions. Why? For control, it seems, you know, but the, the why is so long and intricate in and of itself. But yeah, that's my answer to that one. Uh, yeah, you took us back to 1914, which is over 100 years ago that there's been uh, information available that could show you how to manipulate the weather. And just making it rain is one thing, although that's extremely powerful. And in some instances, there have been people in the past that were trying to do that for good purposes, not just as like mad scientist experiments, like Wilhelm Reich, someone I've talked about on the show before. He had some interesting technology with uh, cloud busting, which was a lot more organic, it seems. But you brought up forest fires. I think that's actually a great thing to touch on because there's all this uh, big media blackout supposedly about the forest fires in the Amazon, which I, I'm sure that it hasn't been covered properly by mainstream media channels. And there's plenty of reasons that we could ex get into what's wrong with mainstream media, of course. But like, what are your thoughts on, uh, have you had any time to reflect on what's going on with the Brazil Amazon fires? Do you think that it's for sure a possibility that someone could, with this type of technology, have already put them out? Yeah. It's really sad chance and it's really heartbreaking and prevalent and current. I mean, this is something that I was looking at yesterday and it's heart wrenching. You know, I posted on, on Facebook, um, something like, please pray for the animals, humans and plants of the Amazon. And I showed a, a satellite high aerial photograph of, of South America. And a lot of the rainforest is on fire. I don't know the percentage or anything like that. It's a, it's a huge fire. It's massive. And it's a, it's a lot of fires. And to answer your question, yes, yes, yes. And yes, there's so many layers to your question that need to be like unraveled like an onion. You know, when you talk about weather modification, geoengineering, it's so deep. It's like, do you want the kindergarten level? You want the like, like, you know, high school version, or I'm going to give you like the, the like doctorate degree version because we're going to talk about harp and all sorts of stuff it connects to everything just this one topic connects to like all the other conspiracies that are underway it's all it's all really deep and interconnected and so i'm now living in northern california where i have been on and off for over a decade and it's primarily redwood forest primarily the entire region is primarily dense trees. And so conspiracy theorists, truthers, awakened individuals, people on the cusp, all sorts of different demographics on this truth spectrum 
have been looking at the skies over the past two decades, especially, and wondering what is being sprayed and why. Because it, at first it was a conspiracy sort of theory. Oh, they must be spraying the humans, you know, because that's the only place we could go with it. It's like it come to find out if you watch the film Frankenstein's in the 70s. This is a little side note. We got to go there for a second, though. This was proven through Freedom of Information, this reporter, all this stuff. And this is in the movie Frankenstein's. And it's a St. Louis reporter who unraveled this story that aerosolized toxic chemicals, radioactive cadmium, I believe it was, were sprayed in the ghettos of St. Louis, not just from planes, but from rooftops. And also station wagons were outfit to spray this poisonous radioactive chemical to see how it would impact the children, how many children would die. It was primarily children, the population. So really they just were testing these chemicals on these, these citizens. So of course the, the, like the truth minded kind of people would think, Oh, maybe they're spraying the humans with chemicals. It seems, you know, like what's going on. We know about agent orange and all that stuff. And you know, we're not stupid. Well, we're scratching our heads hypothesizing, extrapolating, testing rainwater, you know, we're doing what we can with what we've got against a controlled system of media manipulation, coercion of the masses through propaganda and all this stuff. I mean, by the time kids are 15, they're, con I mean, even by the time kids are like eight, they're already told about global warming and they know what a chemtrail and a contrail is and they're totally not on the page of the truth because of the indoctrination process. I mean, it's, it's the indoctrination runs so deep and it's so palpable and obvious and crazy. It's just, I think it's actually the age of, we have the opportunity to cultivate discernment in this empire of lies. And so really we're going to go into this like deep gut understanding of, of truth and it won't be paperbacks or, or internet or tablets or anything. It'll be really like gut soul level, intuitive intuition, understanding. So we're watching these, these planes and drones spray the forest for the past couple decades, testing the rainwater. Okay. It's aluminum. It's barium. It's aluminum oxide. It's barium salts. Okay. Well, these patents show that they're experimenting with those same chemicals. And actually, NASA has a program where they spray with those chemicals to make fake clouds, noctilucent clouds. And they have this program called CARE, C A R E, Charged Aerosol Release Experiment. There's all sorts of programs, stratospheric aerosol program through the Department of Energy. All these different programs, spraying aluminum, spraying barium to make fake clouds experimental, whatever, right? So finally, we end up with these massive, crazy forest fires and these trees are literally exploding from the inside out. And we're like, oh, wait a second. Aluminum oxide and barium salts are patented fire accelerants. Wow. You know, I mean... I guess we didn't really put it together, but now we are, right? And we've got these crazy forest fires that are, well, not only are they being created because of these conditions, heat waves caused by HARP, um, that when you spray aluminum on forests, the soil alkalinity gets all messed up. The, the 
the actually the aluminum gets uptook into the roots and when it's in the trees then it disrupts the tree's ability to uptake water so it's all there's so many different levels of harm on on a biological level that that hurts the forest to make it susceptible to forest fires but then when the fires happen there's windstorms created geoengineered weather engineered by by our air force or something you know i have no idea like it's like that's the biggest thing it's like do we not even win world war ii is it really this operation paperclip have they really taken i have no idea like it's just it's so nefarious and crazy i, I don't even know where to go with it but it seems like it doesn't matter what country you're talking about they're, they're all involved so it's like behind the scenes there there isn't really division between the countries Right. It's just all this, this the new world order, whatever evil agenda. So yes, there's geoengineered windstorms on top of forest fires when they could actually be making it rain on top of the forest fires. So could they make it rain on these fires? Yes. Are they pre-planned? I believe. And now we've got the Amazon. So we witnessed it at home last year. You know, I was, surrounded by smoke and fire everywhere I, everywhere I went. I've got friends in Santa Rosa and, and Oregon. And I mean, I was near a massive fire where I was living in Northern California. So here we are. And then this year, not very much going on. Well, it's, it seems to be because the efforts are concentrated and the conditioning, you know, we'll get it next year. I hate to say, because it's a corralling of humanity and it's all part of this agenda of fear and of this, this, it, I hate to bring it back to chemtrails because it seems like when I say big picture, the biggest, most important thing is chemtrails. It seems like it's part of my ego because this is like my big thing or something like that. But it all comes full circle back to chemtrails because this, the forest burning and this worry of, of global warming and this, Oh, we, we lost the trees. We have no, nothing else that we can do. It all comes full circle to we're going to spray and block out your sun with geoengineering. You're welcome. And when we lose control of our sunlight, we lose, we lose, we lose. That's it. Yeah, that definitely seems to be the the biggest part of the agenda is, I mean, on a spiritual esoteric level, it to me symbolizes putting up an actual barrier between humanity and life on the planet and source, because on a metaphysical level, the sun represents our source. It's it's the externalized symbol of our source. I mean, there's an internal connection to source that we all have, which also will be what we need more than anything to transcend our current external scenario. But yeah, to me, that's what it seems like. It's, it's all about disconnecting the human from the source of as many things as possible with artificial, everything, artificializing everything, t turning over the natural order and taking, creating a new control of the, um, controlled natural order. It's not really natural anymore. It's an artificial order. So, I mean, it seems like this is the agenda. It seems like kind of, um, an obvious move for egomaniacal power hungry people that have already got enough money that that's not a fun game anymore. And so it's about like, well, how much control can we exert over the global political human chess game as they see it anyway. But to make one more point about the rainforest, there were recently, even uh, court decisions that seemed to have happened to 
grant some land rights back to native tribes. I remember hearing about this. I can't really specifically say where this was happening, but I know that in Ecuador, at least this has happened and uh, probably was happening in Brazil too. There've been many activist groups helping indigenous tribes go to court and fight for land rights to be returned to them and to try to stop this widespread factory farming of animals and growing a food to feed the factory farmed animals. It seems to be what the main corporate reason for destroying the forests is. But uh, yeah, I, I think that that's probably a connection that I wanted to point out that as soon as the big companies lose in court over the ownership of the land, then it gets set on fire. But that could also just be more like Hegelian dialectic. You can almost never uh, tell what information is coming to you organically and what is part of what they want you to hear and when they want you to hear it and what they want you to think. And <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it's tricky, man. It's, it's a tricky thing to even follow these, these things because it seems like over half of the opposition is controlled in some way or, um, uh, you know, on the payroll secretly from the powers that should not be themselves. I agree completely. And I didn't mean to say that it was 100% the rainforest issue going back to chemtrails. I'd like to say that it it's essentially... And it's funny how the human mind works. We always want to know why, you know, why, why? And then if we can't do the who, what, why, where, when, how, we don't really feel comfortable with the facts. So then we can't really pass it forward. So we can't really sink our teeth into it kind of thing. But I do see it as it's a corralling of humanity, it seems, you know. I was, I was trying to figure out why regions of Northern California, humans just living in peace and harmony, why would they be interfered with? You know what I mean? Just like these indigenous people of the rainforest, why can't they be left alone? And yes, I saw those court cases. And I do believe that the fires were set because they won these court cases. And I do believe that there's likely geoengineering and aerosolized accelerants sprayed. And I think it's the exact same agenda that we witnessed in North America last year playing out down there this year. And next year, we'll likely see it up here or globally or whatever it is. And it's the corralling of humanity. And why do they want to corral humanity? Complete and total control. So it could go really esoteric with it. But really what it is, is they're rolling out this 5G and what have you. And people that are not influenced by that will not be under that control mechanism, whatever it may be. For me, I think it's really deep and dark and it has to do with a depopulation agenda because children conceived, born, and raised in a 5G environment, I do not think we'll be able to procreate. That, that's what the studies are showing. Because, well, we can get into all that because, you know, I can talk about all the science and stuff like that, but we'll just, we'll, we can bounce around for a little bit and then the, I can get really deep into the 5G later on. But yeah, it's, it's really deep and it's like humanity, the humanity that will persevere and live on will be the humanity that can procreate, you know? that will be able to think for themselves and have children normally and not be infiltrated by this weird technocratic transhuman artificial agenda, 
you know, whatever it may be exactly, you know, I think it's multi-tiered and, and really fishy and, and pretty dark and, and deep and evil. And I definitely think that most of us here listening and yourself and myself are, we're here to, to be the, you know, <laughs> I don't like the word resistance, but to be the opposite of that, to bring, to shine the light on it, because I firmly believe that this is all part of the process that this darkness and this light and what have you, you know, how could there even, we live in a world of duality right? So it all plays itself out and it's going to be an ebb and a flow until the, till, till everyone sees the darkness for what it really is. And how can they not in this world of craziness? It's, you know, it, it's really going to show itself and it really is showing itself. So, you know, hold on tight for the ride is all I can say. I think that you went to probably the deepest purpose for this whole agenda as far as what I can reckon. I mean, I can't guarantee I'm right about this, but if controllers were able to usurp the create the most creative of all creative acts, the closest thing to being a divine act that we have, which is to create another human being, which is literally like generating a parallel universe, creating an infinite potential. You know, that's the most magical act there is. So if that gets usurped because people become infertile and the only way to reproduce becomes some kind of test tube lab grown babies, there's a very strong possibility, if you ask me, that the, the normal human growth and inception of like a soul and spirit could be tampered with at that point. Because on a sacred geometry level, the way that things emerge into the, the cosmos is through like the Vesca Pisces type of portal. And that type of portal exists in the female womb, totally. And that's like, that's the only way into this dimension. So... I, I've been wondering, and you can t tell me what you think about this, but like, what if the creation of artificially grown human life leads to the inception of non-human consciousness into that life? And I, I, I've done a lot of studies on, you know, topics like possession and, and what it actually means when people get like alternate personalities and ride along consciousness and, and ancestors that don't seem to uh, want to leave and, and hang out. So to me, it seems entirely likely or possible that what you would consider demonic consciousness or con which by definition is consciousness divided from itself or from a source, uh, then these, this could be implanted into the, the test tube babies, if you will. And we could see an actual replacement of humanity sneakily done with an entirely different soul group so to speak, rather than our normal reincarnation cycles coming in and out of the world. And that's about as crazy as I can foresee this all being. And I'm wondering, what do you think about that? You're awesome, Chance. I hope that we can kick it in person one day, like in real life and like hang out and talk about this topic. Because considering my life and how stressed, all the different things that I go through and deal with and trying to set big goals and thinking about the who, what, why, where, when, what I take a lot of baths chance. I, I never did before. I was usually a shower dude, you know, like growing up, I didn't even have a bathtub growing up. Really. I just had a stand up shower. Either way, I take a lot of baths in my adult life over the past like few years. And I think 
so much. I make it as hot as possible. I put like way too much Epsom salt in there and I just sit there and I think, and I think, and I think, and I think, and I really go deep and I try to resonate with things. And I try to ask my gut and my heart. And, and sometimes I can really feel like yeses and no's. And I'm really been cultivating my intuition, you know, just like this deeper communication with my higher self or whatever, you know, it, it is something outside of my physicality, whatever that I really feel is high vibratory, like reassuring, amazing. And yeah, I think you're right. You said it really well. You said it much more eloquently than I've ever said it, but you did say it just now and you really hit it. So what I have perceived is this weird, weird agenda to try to, yeah, exactly what you said. And, and I've actually stumbled upon, well, I, I mean, I think it's been my journey to, to come upon the studies of Rudolf Steiner and Steiner at the turn of the century created these Waldorf schools, Waldorf schools to tell the kill, children about spirituality and all this different stuff. And it's, it's, and he, he established biodynamic farming, which is farming um, adjusted to the sky clock, the stars and what have you. And he really talks about the natural and the unnatural world and this aramonic, aram, aramonic force, which is this like this soulless kind of uh, techno technology kind of force. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's, it's encroaching on our our journey here. So I'm going to go really esoteric and I'll kind of just like, please interrupt me, dude, at any time. Cause I'll kind of might, might go rambling on for a little bit. So here's how, here's how I see this weird agenda playing out because I really started to not trust Elon Musk. And so I, with what I'm given, so I'm really into statistics. I got a master's degree in business and I graduated top of my class and in statistics class, it was really rigorous. We had this professor, he was so hardcore and he made everything this little horse race and we knew everybody's little score and it was so competitive. It was crazy. And in statistics, you take the information that you're given and you, you, you extrapolate and you hypothesize and you come up with like, oh, well, this is like a 1%, you know, rate of error. You know what I mean? You can come up with a 99%. And I've been studying this Elon Musk character and his little shooting the convertible into space and his little Mars expectations. And this now Neuralink is his new people putting a mesh, a neuro mesh in their brains to communicate with their phones and having a USB C port in your head. And it's really this interesting, weird push, right? And there's this weird normalization propagandized campaign where I saw this lifelessness leave Zuckerberg, you know, there's before and after literally somewhere down the line, he became this lifeless being. I could see it in his eyes and the front page of, of business week, this major publication, I was stranded in this airport and I kept seeing this first, this front page. And it's, it's, it's satirizing his soullessness saying that he's a computer on the front page of this major publication, but basically by making it a joke, people make it that it's not real, even though it is, it's, it's wild. So it seems to me like, yes, there is this agenda. And I've been really 
thinking that it's more spiritual than I could ever imagine. And I'm just going to go there, you know, and just because I think things are spiritual, it doesn't mean 5G is not real. It doesn't mean chemtrails don't exist. So people out there, you know, sorry if I bounce against your sensitivities or anything like that. I'm sorry. So I think that there may be demons that want to incarnate in this realm or something like that. You know, it's some weird, dark agenda. And what's happening is this trickery, deep, 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 crazy manipulation and trickery where we were given the black and white TV. And then all of a sudden there's a man walking on the moon and then we're giving a color TV. And then all of this, this bait, like we're just one step further in this bait. And then finally it's like a, a fancy phone and then it's a, a fancier phone. And then it's going to be inside our brains. And, you know, people are just going to be okay with it because it's this like technology is kind of like this virus. Like it was introduced to us on our timeline before we were mature enough as a species to handle it. It's just that it's just literally is just that I feel like evolutionary. So I believe that earth is this realm where, where souls come to shed karma and it's this process. It's a beautiful place created by God or something to just polish vibrations, to clean people up so they can leave with in a higher vibratory state. And the, all the souls that come to earth go through this process together of shedding karma and finally together have a collective elevation of consciousness. And maybe there's been humanoid evolutions of consciousness already in this realm. And maybe lower dimensional beings have witnessed this already and been like, shit, I want to feed off their lower vibrational energies. I want to hijack this realm. This sucks. I'm over here in this lower vibration and I can't even incarnate in that realm, let alone vibrate higher. I want to fucking hijack this shit is what they want to do. It seems, you know, the they or whatever. Sorry to use the word they, but it seems like there's lower vibration, evil beings trying to hijack this realm. And how would they go about doing that? Well, it seems like they're coming in on our timeline early, introducing things to hijack this timeline like 9-11. I believe that wasn't on our true timeline, right? And it's it shifts us in these different directions where the ultimate goal is to convince people that there's no soul and to create this soullessness so that this, the souls can't have that evolution of vibration, that collective um, escalation of consciousness together. Because I believe after that happens, the program repeats itself and the lower vibrational beings have to like start over or something and they're left in the dust yet again. Right. So it's like this, this beautiful process. So how do you hijack a timeline Well, you come in and, and convince the entire population that they need to what adopt technology to the extent that they're literally consenting. So we live in this free will kind of world where there is karma. There is a causation reality kind of thing. So you can't really break these rules or like karmic things will happen to you, right? So you can't just come in and hijack humanity. So you have to kind of like bait them like with a carrot, you know, you bait humanity and then they slowly consent to this agenda. And then you haven't really broken the rules is kind of what it looks like. I mean, I'm just, I'm just extrapolating, hypothesizing, you know, but bear with me. So pre-programming, programming, programming our minds, our frequencies, 
right? And if you really look into how susceptible we are to manipulation, it is completely understandable and fascinating and amazing. So I grew up, I watched the movie uh, Total Recall. Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And in the movie, he thinks he's a hero that goes to Mars and goes through all of this Mars colony, all this stuff. And then come to find out he's actually just gotten a chip in his brain. He never went anywhere. Maybe there is no Mars. Who knows? Right? Who knows? Maybe there's no space. He never left the city that he was in. Schwarzenegger. Right? Fast forward to modern day. And Elon Musk, he kind of looks like a, a, a younger Schwarzenegger, whatever, doesn't even matter. But Elon Musk is claiming that we're going to go to Mars. And to go, you need to be upgraded with a bionic lung and, and a chip in your head and, and this and that because only the strong will survive. And he's literally making a reality show out of it. Who's going to get to go? And he shoots a convertible into space. To what? To why? to test our collective discernment abilities to see how dumb we are as a species, a gullibility test of the collective co-creative energy. Cause we are actually co-creating manifesting like crazy, amazing beings. And we don't really know. So, we, so the, like they make us into slaves to create their reality. It seems because we are really powerful. I'm starting to realize so, so why would you want to coerce us in such a way, you know? So he shoots it into space and he says literally, yeah, it's so fake. It must be real. And then he's interviewed. Well, did you test like all the, the paint on the car and all that stuff? Like, can it withstand the heat of the sun? He's like, no. So literally the thing would have melted if it even got shot into space. Anyways, there's no stars. There's no quote satellites. There's no nothing. And it's, it's literally everyone is just accepting it like it is and lining up to get a chip in their brain. Why? Because I feel like they're early on this timeline for something like this. But then all of a sudden here we come, the bringers of the dawn. Like we're like this new wave of indigos or whatever, whatever you want to call us. And I hate to be like ego or anything, but it's not just me. It's the people listening. It's chance over here in Missouri. We're all over the place and we come in with this like awareness or we wake up or whatever and we're able to be on this higher vibration, you know? And I believe it's because we were able to come. We're not here to play the game. We're not here to shed our karma to play this game of earth. I believe we came to help because there's a fucking war going on, like literally. And we're here to help elevate the vibration a little early on the timeline to jumpstart this already programmed in our DNA spiritual awakening kind of thing, because the timeline's being hijacked. Like basically we're all going to have this evolution of consciousness, this amazing vibration, you, whatever. We're all going to have this together, but it's not going to happen for a couple hundred years, but it's not going to happen if we all give up our souls and 5g makes it so that we can't have kids. And then the headline reads, transfer your consciousness, live forever to save humanity. And then we all buy this dystopian reality that Elon Musk and Zuckerberg's pushing when they lost the life in their eyes a few years ago. And they're pushing this transfer your consciousness, black mirror bullshit. You know, it's, it's all become, you know, evident, but it's, it's up to us to bring the truth so that we can have this hundredth monkey thing because evidently numbers matter. And if you're a co-creator, amazing, magical species 
of co-creation, if everyone's co-creating except for a handful of us, and we're all over here seeing the truth and seeing that that car shot into space is an attack on our reality, on our future, on our destiny, it gets really interesting. Yeah, man, it it's very interesting. And I, I've heard, I mean, I've, I really find it fascinating to look into this concept of demonic consciousness and you don't have to be tied to any one spirituality or religion to start to see that there's something going on with disembodied, disincarnate, conscious intelligence that's not necessarily human. And whenever you look into the testimonies of people who have survived things like satanic ritual abuse, which is widespread and prevalent amongst the elite, but also hidden under people's very noses in every small and medium-sized town around, you find that there's actually reports of individuals having something take over them on purpose in, in ritual, like some sadistic type of energy and even sensitive or third eye open people. And oftentimes these abuse people do have opened third eyes because uh, they're trying, they're, they're being harvested in some way. So they, they've been opened up artificially, maybe through psychedelics or drugs. And they see occasionally even an, a shadow or an entity overtaking that's even visible in some sense, the, uh, the individual who's performing the abuse and part of the ritual. So this is just a long way of saying that the people that you think are in charge of stuff out there, they're either they, or even people behind them in the shadows, they might not even be people anymore. And that's hard to accept, but it, it may be like there's fragments of their original soul still in there, but maybe not. Maybe they completely got ejected out of their body. It's like, you're incarnated. The word incarnate actually has the word car in it. Think of it like your body is a vehicle. And if you get out of it and you leave it unlocked in a bad place, someone else could get in and take the car. And I, I think that that's totally plausible. And there's more than enough information out there to wet your whistle about that topic. So it, it is to me, uh, probably the end game here as to why so many of us are getting disconnected from source in so many ways, whether it's the source of your food or the, even the source of energy in the form of the sun being dimmed. And with this whole space idea that has been pushed by Hollywood and NASA, which are actually the same thing for a long time, the, the idea is that we're a tiny speck flying through an infinite void with no creator to be found. When in truth, if you open your eyes to ain't wisdom that's been around since forever, you know, and whatever you want to call it, sacred geometry, or just like the occult and esoteric spiritual traditions that have existed forever. You can see that actually the intelligence is evident. The intelligence of creation is evident in the entire creation all over the place. So that's the viewpoint shift that is most, I think, crucial because the whole idea of a demonic consciousness, it is explained as one that is disconnected from the source. And that's why they're vampiric as well, because they don't have an inner generator of infinite energy in the form of their, their spark, the all spark or their connection to, you know, the total life fractal. So these are entities that have chosen or to create that type of a barrier or in some cases maybe it's been artificially created it happens to humans through trauma we build shells of ideas about ourselves, and these ideas take on the form of actual physical barriers to the energy the free-flowing energy of the ether or of you know the zero point field or of spirit there's so many words for it uh, orgone energy and what is really our task right now is to 
dissolve those barriers of illusion or illusion of separation in ourselves so that we can start to see the source in ourselves and in all things and build up psychic immunity to lies because one way that you can describe what source is well it's the truth it's what is so once you have that connection i think that has to do with the discernment that you're talking about being so important to develop in this time and that really true literacy in our modern age isn't about learning to read it's about learning to unlearn things that you've been taught and replace those things with the, the truth actually oh wow are you gonna pass the mic to me with that i could talk forever on all of that i could or i could just get back to my actual questions <laughs> but i'm cool whatever <laughs> well let's talk about unlearning really quick I, I actually, I got a master's degree in business and I went to supposedly the best public school system, the best public school system in the country, they claim. And I went, then I went to Virginia Tech and then I went to Cal State Humboldt, got a master's degree in business, got a film degree, got a marketing management degree. I've worked like 30 jobs, all this stuff. Finally, I'm working on an organic farm. I'm like 35 years old. And I was like, potatoes grow potatoes. I was livid, bro. I was <laughs> livid. I was so mad. I was like, you're, fuck you're telling me potatoes grow potatoes? I never knew that. Nobody bothered just saying that simple thing to me and all of my upbringing, my parents, all this stuff. Like, what are those potatoes doing under the sink with all those things growing off? Oh, gross. It's just trying to grow more potatoes. You know, like we are so in the dark on things that matter, anatomy, spirituality, frequency. All right, we're going to segue into that. We should know so much about frequency. We're beings of frequency. We're surrounded by frequency. There's this little tiny spectrum that we can see. And then outside of that, who knows what? We're not taught anything. We don't know about Masaru Emoto. We're not taught about Royal Raymond Rife. We're not taught about Nikola Tesla. We're not taught about any of this. Our hearts emit a frequency. Our brains are so susceptible to frequency. You learn about binaural beats, all this stuff. We don't learn about any of this. I got through so much of this quote unquote education. I didn't know about plants. I didn't know about my body. I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. I didn't know about frequency and I'm surrounded by it. My phone works off of it. My Wi-Fi, my brain, my heart, my I'm in my whole being is energy and I disconnect it with rubber soles on my shoes and I don't know anything about it. It's unreal. Yeah, man, I'm standing on a grounding mat right now. And when I'm outside, I often take a wooden staff around because just having the wood organic material touching the grass while you are walking, even if you've got the rubber sole shoes on, you'll be grounded and connected to the to the natural frequency or the Schumann resonance, the earth heart frequency, which is so important. And also just walking around barefoot in the sun. There's so much that that can do for <laughs> unblocking the, the, the problems inside yourself, just that simple act alone. And that's what it means to like be healed by just getting in touch with your source, which is the sun and the earth, you know? Yes, I do. The Schumann's resonance. I was just, I'm putting together content for my new website. I have a new website coming out, sparrowprotectionclothing.com. It's definitely going to be the biggest thing I've ever brought to the world. And I'm so excited to do it and to start it. I've been so wanting to get this together for over a year. I went to Asia. Oh man, Chance. I went to, I left my job, moved out of my apartment. 
I went to Asia. Um, so viewers, you can't see this, but you can see this material. This is copper material chance that fabric. I took that sheet of fabric to Thailand. I learned how to say fabric made out of copper. Cause I was looking for a cheap source of this material. Pa Tordai Tong Dang. I went all over Thailand looking for Pa Tordai Tong Dang. They didn't have it. The whole country didn't have it. I was so defeated. And I learned that like, it's only Korea, Japan, and China, really. And they're producing it for the world, this EMF protective material. It's been such a journey that finally, full circle, now I can finally launch some of this. And I'm making hats. I'm actually wearing a shirt right now that's lined with silver. And I'm producing this, this clothing. So I'm coming up with content for Sparrow Protection Clothing. Sparrow, S-P-E-R-O, is the name of the clothing line. Accessories as, as well. It's Latin, also Italian. And in Latin, it is hope. In Italian, it is I hope. And it's a suiting, fit, fitting word for this clothing line that's bringing hope to the next generation because my entire mission for the clothing line is to protect pregnant women, protect those children when they're born and protect them when they're growing up so that they can have actual human children, you know? And I'll start, I'm starting this campaign, Human for Life, because how can we not honor our humanity with integrity? I mean, we're going to, yeah, we can't. And so those of us that are in the know, that are honored to hold that truth, that knowledge, you know, like we're empowered and inspired with this information that we're gaining. We can bring it home with this, this clothing line. It's really going to be important. And I would love if anyone, especially yourself, had a Franken-Skies screening. You can even start small and start building a little local awakened followership. It's really... The truth really starts to speak for itself. There's these truths that are so self-evident. And once we really start to honor and resonate with those truths, all this other truth starts to come on to this because it's a vibration. It's a frequency. And your vibe attracts your tribe, you know? So you start to elevate to that frequency. And maybe on these higher vibrations, you can't have that sleep paralysis. I only had that stuff when I was on a lower frequency personally. And I and my heart goes out to people who do witness that. But I do believe that we can dictate our frequency and we can resonate above a lot of different things that are in this physical plane, mm. you know? And once we start to really harmonize with truth, all these other truths start to come in, self-evident, obvious truths. And we start to really cultivate that discernment so that we can look at falsehoods and laugh at convertibles being shot into space when our friends and family are eating it up like it's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, most anything I see from the only thing that I think NASA has ever sent into space is our imagination. But that is a very powerful thing because we are very powerful co-creator, manifesting spiritual beings in this, this very flexible holographic matrix universe that, that we call home. But 
you sold yourself short earlier and you, my friend are amazing. You're inspiring the crap out of me personally. Honestly, I'm not even kidding. And you do, you, you plant these seeds of truth. Maybe if you're not out there in the physical world, as much as you want to be, then you can aspire to do so. And if you want that tool of a flyer, let me know. I'm happy to send you a stack of flyers. Anybody listening, email me frankenskies at gmail.com. I'm happy to send you some flyers, even leaving the door with a handful of flyers, you can literally find your like vibration, human friend out in the world and approach them with this resource. It's not, you're trying to sell them something. It's not predatory. It's, Hey, I've got this truth. Can I share this with you? And then you open the door. Maybe they want to have a conversation with you about it. Maybe you make a best friend. Who knows? You never know. But you have this amazing tool that you never had before. And once you start to really honor that tool, the flyer, you can utilize it as a resource to really discern and look deep within people's souls to pick who you want to choose to resonate with, you know, and, and drop that truth bomb on and these little seeds being planted everywhere. You just have to trust because there is a much bigger picture and we are playing our part, but sometimes you just got to lead a horse to water. Like I didn't know about any of this stuff. None of it. You know, the whole, the chemtrail story for me, bro, I was talking to a friend on the phone and he said, yeah, nine 11, I get it. Some people weren't there and whatever, but how can you deny chemtrails? I was like 34 years old and I go, deny chemtrails. What's that? You know, maybe I was 33. It was like five years ago. And, and, and my friend was like, what do you mean, Matt? You don't know about chemtrails. You told me about all this stuff, GMO. You told me about nine 11. You don't know about chemtrails. And I was like, Oh, I'll look it up. But literally my friend said the word to me. And now I've, whatever, I've done a lot. You know, I've probably woke up a couple million people to chemtrails. Frankenstein has been seen by a few million people. I've done these global conferences and I'm, I'm doing everything that I can with what I've got, but I'm not the hero. You know, you're the, you're the hero, the, the listener. Like we're only going to be able to do this together by honoring that flame of truth with integrity together and taking it to the grassroots level and dropping these little truth bombs everywhere that we can, because you literally don't know what's going to happen next. You just have to trust in the process, trust in the frequency, trust in the plan, trust in this higher meaning of life, of your purpose on earth and all these things. And you literally could be the next amazing person that brings, that opens your heart to the, that elevates the, that triggers the heart opening of humanity and saves the entire planet. Or lights the fire under the next person that does that. You never know. You just have to trust. And being the change literally starts to change your being. So just trust in the process and start to take baby steps. And it'll, it like the, the amount that you can literally achieve once you start to really honor that frequency is unbelievable. The past three years for me have been like two, three lifetimes, honestly. And I've never been more happier with my life, the more that I've just let go and trust and said, I'm just going to be an activist. That's it. That is my life. And I'm going to honor that every single day. Where are the flyers? Let me pass out some DVDs. What's next? And, and literally I let go and I just put my foot out and there's the ground in front of me. You know what I mean? That's exactly the, the metaphor. I love uh, how it, when Indiana Jones is crossing the invisible bridge, <laughs> the, the steps or the path appears when the steps are taken. That's a real thing. And for you, I want to point out, at least I, I'm aware of this from 
checking you out in other media and hearing you talk in other places that making movies was something you already wanted to do. You got educated to do that. You kind of rearranged your life to learn about it at a point. And it was not like you had to go outside of what is fun for you as a person to start being the change in a positive way. And so I want to point that out to any type of artist that's out there. If what paint a picture of Kim trails. And when someone asks what that picture means, then you can tell them about it. Like what, take some photos of it. If you're a photographer, either, you know, there's like an infinite number of ways to express and communicate the truth. And it can be your way. You don't have to make a Frankenstein's. We're, we're lucky that you came along and did make it because it's one of the best documentaries on the topic that I've ever found and never didn't leave me wondering a lot of them just feel like even if they seem to be trying to expose the situation, they leave you wondering at the end, well, is this actually real? And then you have to wonder, is that controlled opposition? <laughs> so it's tricky because it's a truth sandwich with some some uh, creators where there's, uh, you know, the poison put with the the food, like the mousetrap. But anyway, we're, we're grateful for people like you, Matt. And um I guess we are coming to the end of this here conversation. So it'd be best if we let you remind everyone where to find you online one more time and give out your email address again for people that want to get flyers from you or just want to say what's up. And thanks for doing what you're doing. Take the floor and uh, conclude anything, any threads that are left hanging on this. And thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Chance. And I've really enjoyed and appreciated like kind of being comfortable and letting go and every show I do is different. Like, right. But I've learned to just be myself and I can really flow more when I'm speaking from the heart. And it's like what you said, if, if you're a poet, then try writing a poem for truth. You know what I mean? If you can knit really well, try knitting for truth, right? Let's use those skills that come from your heart to resonate on a vibration of truth, which is a heart-based frequency in and of itself, right? And please never hesitate to reach out to me. I'm here for you. If you want to share your 5G story or your chemtrail photo, or you have a question or anything, anywhere I can be to help or encourage or inspire, or if you want to help me, what's up? Hit me up. Let's get this together. If you're a musician or you know a musician or or any of these different projects that are accumulative, it's not just me doing this. It's all a big teamwork. So please email me, contact me, frankenskies at gmail.com on Facebook, Matt Landman on YouTube, Matt Landman. Please check out frankenskiesthemovie.com. Not just the movie lives there, but other 5G testimonials and what have you that have happened recently that I've been involved in. And then also actualactivists.com where there's even a 5G tab, health, fluoride, chemtrails, vaccines, GMO, all sorts of amazing truth realities. I promise anyone listening, if you take a scroll down actual activists dot com you will definitely learn something so please be encouraged to you know be that voice of change even if it means just having an uncomfortable conversation with a coworker or a friend or a family member or a peer there's definitely a way to refine your approach no matter what it is to meet people on their level to plant that perfect seed you don't have to come back and water that seed or germinate it just 
drop it in the dirt and trust. Thank you so much. Much love to you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And maybe I can come back on in a year and we can talk about progress because I do have a lot of things in the... I got a lot of stuff going on. So I'm, I'm ready for that. I want to talk about Sparrow whenever more stuff happens with that for sure. The Truth Tour. And I, I bet there's even more than that. You said you're writing a book. You're working on another film. You're, <laughs> you're fighting the full spectrum frequency war on as many parts of the bandwidth as you can. And it's super impressive, dude. And like you said about planting the truth seeds, truth is indestructible. So even if you plant it in barren soil, if the conditions change of that soil, the truth seed is still there and it could blossom no matter how parched the consciousness of the individual you're talking to might be. It's always worth planting the seeds. So thank you for being the Johnny Appleseed of the, the Kim Trail conundrum and <laughs> many other topics. And it's been awesome talking with you and we'll definitely do it again. Thanks everybody. Well, people, did I lose you with this conspiracy stuff or are you still with me here? I hope you're still with me here. I mean, if you're listening at this point, I would assume that you're at least open-minded to what we're talking about. And if you're simply open-minded to it, but haven't done any looking into it yourself, please check out Matt Landman's movie, Frankenskies, because... I mean, if you want to, of course, it's up to you, but you're going to be much more informed about the history of this stuff and the very provable freedom of information released documents and, you know, previously classified stuff about weather manipulation that is definitely way out there in the open at this point. And I feel for Matt and everybody else on the West Coast that's been dealing with the crazy forest fires for years now. I actually was over in Idaho last September, about a year ago now, and I remember the smoke in the sky from the fires that weren't even really in that area. They were pretty far off. The entire sky had this hazy, yellowish nastiness to it, and you could look right at the sun in the middle of the afternoon, like 12 o'clock noon, stare straight at it, and it was so dimmed by all the haze in the air that it felt like just a bright full moon. It was crazy. And it really is like the Matrix in that movie where at certain point the uh, sky is burned out or whatever. And I guess in the movie they say it was an attempt to stop the machines from being able to access solar power. But the truth is everything on the planet is accessing solar power. So we shouldn't be dimming the sun and even trying to take this type of thing into our own hands. If we're worried about how our pollution is affecting the world, then we need to make individual changes to stop being so pollute <laughs> And also we should maybe get informed about what is really going on with climate change, what is and isn't happening, and not just take the word of masters and controllers of our media and our governments who are saying that we have to put the brakes on this or that or tax this or that. You got to realize that whatever is being told to us by mainstream media has an agenda behind it. It is definitely propaganda. And while it's true that human pollution is a problem, I'm not saying it isn't a problem. Is it really the big problem that we're all going to melt down and lose our entire planet within a few decades like some climate change people are crying out and saying? I don't know that that's true, man. I mean, the earth is pretty stable as a environment and I think that any damage we're doing to the biosphere is a big deal and we should stop, you know, 
causing animals to go extinct and stop raping the rainforest for food production for meat growth and all that. I mean, duh, that's all very duh stuff, but we can't be regulated into stopping these things. It requires a change in conscience and a raising of consciousness for human beings themselves. There's just no way that a top-down solution is ever going to work because a top-down solution to stuff like human pollution is going to be so draconic and tyrannical just to be able to exercise the level of control that would be needed to make a difference in the pollution problem that we lose all freedoms entirely. And I think that's the plan. I think by getting everyone scared about all the different boogeymen possible and then saying, we're the only ones that can save you because we're the government and we're going to make an entire one world, new world order type of government that manages all the countries for for us. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like uh, an empire or an, it sounds like Emperor Palpatine in Star Wars taking control of the Republic. I mean, to use a, a nerdy metaphor there. And I think that we're really seeing something behind the scenes starting to step forward as far as what's actually controlling the controllers, if you will. We did have a, a lot of talk about demons and Mark Zuckerberg seeming possessed or something and Elon Musk using possibly using his own Neuralink software and being connected to AI. And what is all this really about? And I think that artificial intelligence is like the biggest demon that humans could conjure or create. Because if you've got a strictly sort of like logical, completely non-creative in the true sense, uh, you know, type of being, not really a being, but a energy system that an information system that is, you know, linked up to all human data, but there's no connection to spirit or source. Well, I feel like the Terminator outcome, <laughs> the Skynet outcome seems a lot more likely than rainbows and unicorns from something like that taking control of the planet. And even if it doesn't take control of the planet, I think there is something going on with timeline control with artificial intelligence, because hear me out, the idea at least behind, you know, the Google capturing of all information on the whole planet has to do with being able to predict what's going to happen because you have so much information that it's like you can now map the butterfly effect. You know that if a butterfly flaps its wings here, then there's going to be a hurricane there which would be completely out of our knowing normally. And if that's the case, then it seems like if you, do, you have so much data on every little human movement and idea that you could actually predict what's going to happen where and when, seems like you could also influence things to happen when and where you want them and how you want them. Weather control is just one part of that. So why is this important? Well, theoretically, you guys out there are creative people who have some type of message you want to bring to the world and whatever it may be, even if you don't want to bring the message of resisting weather control and resisting <laughs> government shenanigans, there is something in all this, I think, for you to, to take into yourself and, and maybe grow through, especially when it comes to talking about the spiritual warfare side of things and how, you know, there is an armonic force, as Rudolf Steiner would put it, the type of Agent Smith in the Matrix, the thing that's trying to copy itself and destroy our individuality and our uniqueness. That does 
because the, the you know because the opposite exists in the world which is our our divine spark our true uniqueness then the opposite's there as well so how do we resist it i think that it has to do with not following orders not following in line not joining the types of groups that would require you to just do what you're told without thinking about it for yourself all comes back to conscience so hopefully all this was uh, also fun and interesting to be getting into. I love these type of topics because what could be more important than bringing awareness to the reasons why we're seeing such spiraling out of control when it comes to not just weather, but the entire human condition going further and further into tyranny and slavery, whether or not you see it that way. I think the closer we get to a one world government, the closer we are to total tyranny. And I talk about anarchy a lot and why spiritual anarchy is true freedom, which is that, you know, there's no external master that can rule over you if you have true internal sovereignty. So if you have self-control and self-responsibility, personal responsibility to the degree that you don't need really that much from the outside world or from any big institutions, at the very least, you only need things from people that you know and love and care for and, you know, your family and friends because we all need each other and we all have, we're all linked together and we all co-create our environment and our experience and our reality. But whenever the thing that we're co-creating with is some big artificial thing, like a, an artificial person, which we call a corporation, a corpse, that's, that's death, man. Uh, it's, it's an infinite growth paradigm. That's what corporations are. That's what the monopoly game of our economy is. And you can't have an infinite growth paradigm in a finite environment. And although the universe is infinite, it seems that any particular part of the world that we're in is in itself finite. And so we don't want an infinite growth paradigm. What we want is our own circles of life, if you will. <laughs> and the more that we can get in touch with the source of the things that we use and depend on, and it's not some mysterious faceless corporation or government provided service, the more close we are to our own source on a spiritual level. That's sort of what it means for spiritual anarchy as well, that you need to either be the source of the things that you need yourself, or at least know that source personally, know them as a friend or as a family member. And, you know, if the anarchy thing doesn't sound like a good idea or even feasible or possible, let me remind you that in terms of if you looked at the governments of the world as individual players or people that were all in a type of game together, isn't the way that countries interact with each other literally anarchy right now? Don't we have that right now? <laughs> Just on a, like on the big picture level? Yeah, in your own nation, you don't have anarchy because we have these uh, governments, of course, and they keep us in line, especially mentally, and make us think that we can't do this or that for ourselves because we need the government for that. But on the big picture level, the governments themselves, how they interact with each other, that is anarchy. It's already anarchistic. You can't ever take anarchy away. It's actually the default and true state of the entire universe because guess what? Nobody is in charge. No matter what we believe and think, there isn't any one person or group that's in charge of everything. There's only the illusion of being in charge or the illusion of control. And yes, that does go for even ourself in a way, because <laughs> when we think we're in charge of our situations or our, 
our friends or our family, we think that we're in control of stuff. We always get reminded in some way or another how we're not in control. So all we can be in control of is our own perspective that we choose to hold on to. Well, the reasons, the intentions for why we do what we do. We have control of stuff like that, internal stuff. So that's what I mean about internal sovereignty, deciding for yourself, thinking for yourself and acting in alignment with your values that you've chosen. That is how we actually cultivate freedom and create the world that we want to live in. So I hope that rant was made sense. You know, I think it did. We'll see. But if you wanted to hear more of my conversation with Matt and you didn't hear the plus extension, let me just tell you about that real quick, because I've been a little long in the wind already here and there's plenty more to tell you about. So if you don't know about Interverse Plus, you can find it at patreon.com forward slash Interverse or get on Patreon, search for Interverse or go to my website, interversepodcast.com and click on the plus link at the top or in the show notes for this episode, find the little paragraph about plus and click on the link. Lots of easy ways to get there. And by signing up, you pay me $5 a month and you get three to five double length episodes per month and all the episodes in the archive that have had plus extensions. Almost always an extra hour of show. And I put out as many shows as I can in a month without losing my job or losing my mind. Or, <laughs> Yep, I still have a regular job, unfortunately. It's not the worst job in the world. It's probably better than most as far as freedom goes. It's it's not too bad. I don't get kicked around or anything, but I do want to make this my full-time gig. So please help me get there by signing up to Plus and supporting the show that you love. And I will be able to bring you more episodes more rapidly, the less I have to be somewhere else just to make the money I need to put food on my table. I have been trying gardening, but I honestly kind of suck at it. <laughs> I don't know if it's I'm not motivated to really do a good job at it or it just gets too hot and I don't really want to go out and work on it or I'm just doing this too much so I don't spend the time needed on the garden. But for now, I still got to pay for most of my food and I'd love to have some help with my expenses and the many expenses involved in creating this show. So you can support me with being a Plus member, even if you only want to do it for a month and check out some episodes in the archive that you love. I don't care. Just get in there, man. There's good stuff in there. I kind of don't like having a paywall behind between you and the second hour because there's so much good stuff. The second hour always gets more esoteric and fifth dimensional, if you will. But I got to draw the line somewhere and ask for some kind of reciprocation for the, all the time and energy I put into creating the show. So that's what Plus is about. <laughs> Thank you for listening to me talk about it. Now I'm going to tell you what actually happened. In this episode's plus ex extension, we discussed heavily the EMF interactions with aluminum in the body and other complications that arise from the various minerals and metals that are being added to our biochemical soup. We talked about the alchemy of the body and dealing with environmental toxicity by becoming aware of personal alchemy. Matt shares a lot of his research on light, frequency, and biology, how these things connect. We discuss how 5G and wireless technology messes up circadian rhythms and a lot of other things that 5G and blue light and other related uh, light pollution and frequency pollution things, of how they affect us and how they work. Then we discussed the HARP experiments and how atmospheric heating technology with microwave emitters is used to manipulate weather. That's 
really fun stuff to go look into. I say fun, fun because it's fascinating on a scientific level. It's not fun to think that, holy shit, they're microwaving the ionosphere to create hurricanes, but <laughs> it seems to be happening. Also, we discuss big corporate strategies for squeezing out small-scale farmers and how weather manipulation ties into that. And we discussed Matt's future plans for getting more people into activism in a lot of depth there and a lot of inspirational ideas about being an activist yourself and how to make that happen. So get in there, sign up for Plus. Me love you long time. Also, if you want to help out this show, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That always seems to be cool. I like whenever I read those and Whenever I see new ones, I'll come and read them on the outros here and you might hear your own words on the show. So I guess that's about it for me for now. Uh, don't know what else to tell you about. I mean, I could talk all day. Obviously, that's why I do this, but I got to cut it off sometime. Thank you again to Matt for joining us here. And please check the show notes. Also, if you're interested in his Sparrow protection clothing, his EMF protection clothing line he talked about. Get in there. There's a link to donate to the crowdfunding for that. The GoFundMe is over 90% of the way there. And so he's already got some products on the way. And I know he's been putting so much time and energy into figuring out how to just make this happen. Because you don't see this happening anywhere yet. Clothing with special threading that helps block against the harmful frequencies. It's kind of like a more fashionable version of the lead bib that they make you wear when you get an x-ray because all this stuff is in the same frequency band as like high high frequency stuff is affecting our, our cellular biology for sure, especially when we get closer to 5G. We're going to notice more and more problems, I think, in our physiology. Overall, I will finish with saying keeping your body and your aura as strong and as whole as possible in any way that you know how is going to be the number one best defense against any kind of toxicity or light pollution or EMF pollution that's out there. And it's true that we are in a really deep soup of it. And like David Krantz said a couple episodes back, I think humanity is going to evolve and adapt to all of this technological pollution that we're taking into ourselves eventually because we're resilient as hell. But in the short term, I think we need to be paying attention to what we're doing to ourselves because it's it's ramping up faster than we're learning about it, I think, as a civilization. And also, we just need to plain improve our morality as a species before we take command of more and more powerful ways of manipulating the world and communicating and all that. So thanks for being with us here on Interverse. I think that's all I got for you. I already did say that... I, I already said that once that that was all I've got, but you know how it goes. Once the ramble train starts, it keeps up full speed, but it's been great talking with you guys. I love doing this. I'm excited to have Matt Landman back on the show again. Once more, thank you, Matt, for everything you do. And Frankenskies is a killer movie. Hope you guys enjoy it when you check it out and maybe do a screening. Let me know if you're doing something like that. I'll help you promote it or whatever I can do. I think that would be awesome. Let's make the Interverse community have an impact on this Franken-Skies <laughs> freakiness. So, okay. I'm out of here, guys. I love you. Thanks for being with me, and I'll talk to you all soon. Take care out there.